This is Wilderness and Wildlife, presented by the Gallatin Wildlife Association in Bozeman, Montana. This is a half-hour program featuring commentaries and interviews with wildlife and wilderness advocates relating to the unique natural environment that we enjoy in the wildlands of the West and across America. I'm your host, Jay Shell. Our guest today is Clint Nagel. He's retired from the U.S. Geological Survey, and he's now president of the Gallatin Wildlife Association in Bozeman. So welcome, Clint. It's great to be talking to you again. I think this is our well, third thank interview. You. Thank you. Glad to, be, uh, glad to be back. Great. Okay, so apparently you've, uh, you've had a busy summer. Uh, what have been the big issues that you've been dealing with? Well, there there have been many issues, uh, some with national implications, uh, some are more regional or local in significance. Uh, listeners, your listeners can go to GWA website to learn more about these. But we have commented on several issues of regional and national significance. Uh, I can mention a couple of them. Um, one is uh, we've been commenting commenting uh, and been involved in litigation with the um, uh, over the elk feed ground uh, management plan in uh, Forest Service lands in Wyoming. This is the uh, relates to the artificial feeding of elk on Forest Service lands. Uh, on the Bridger Teton National Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is we we commented on the uh, to the Federal Register over the definition of mature and old growth forest. Um, the the Biden administration has, due to an executive order, has uh, requested uh, public feedback as to. Um, what the definition should be should be, or to define, come up with a definition of uh, mature and old growth forests, so these kinds of forests can be uh, inventoried across the country. Um, more close to home, we've uh, we've uh, formulated our objections to the Greenhorn Vegetation Project, which which is a forest management project in the Gravelly Range in southwestern Montana. Uh, we feel this is a bad forest project that continues the old formulation uh, or formula of cutting, thinning, and logging to achieve a healthy forest. We have uh, great concerns over that. And then, of course, uh, the real big issue um, has been the issue of wolves and the management of wolves in the states of uh, Montana and Idaho. And uh, actually tomorrow uh, we are going up to Helena to testify uh, before the the Montana Fish and Wildlife Commission over that issue. Mm-hmm. So those those are the the four issues I guess I will that I can highlight, but there's there's many more, but those are it kind of gives you a flavor of what we're, we've been dealing with. Yeah. So uh, going back to the moose issue, uh, you're you're trying to get the fences taken down so that they can wander in the forest during the winter. Is that right? You you said the moose issue. Yeah, I mean the elk issue. Oh, yeah. The uh, 
there, there's a couple reasons why Wyoming is basically about the only state that is artificially feeding elk, mm. and they are doing so basically to um, to allow more habitat for cattle. Uh-huh. Um, they and to uh, spread the or to curtail the spread of brucellosis. Mm-hmm. There's a fear that if elk were to uh, roam free on a lot of these grazing allotments, that uh, they will spread brucellosis to cattle. And um, of course, uh, the drawback to a lot of that is you contain elk on artificial in a confined space, let's say, that's not to say that they stay there or fenced in, but uh, the, they do come there to to feed. And, um, of course, any time you do that, uh, you also concentrate the um, uh, diseases uh, such as CWD, chronic wasted disease, and that is basically a death sentence to, uh, to elk. And so... That's one of our main reasons to uh, to stop that bad practice. Um, if uh, because whatever happens in the you know uh, the the greater Yellowstone ecosystem, it it it, it will spread. It has right. already spread, and we're just trying to curtail that and keep that from becoming a basically a widespread disease that kill the, the greater majority of elk. So that's a state program, not a federal, right? To feed the yeah, elk? It is, a, it is a state program done by the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Ah. Um, the But they, they do the feeding. Most of the feed grounds are on uh, Forest Service lands. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, that big uh, facility down at Jackson, uh, that that is... Uh, that's that's federal that, land that is a little, program. That is a little bit different. That is the National Elk, uh, Elk Refuge, and um, that is done basically by the by the feds on mm-hmm. federal land there. So that mm-hmm. what we're talking about is outside of that. But yeah, the problem is still still the same. Uh huh. Uh, so you had a suit in regard to the uh, keeping the Gallatin River uh, from unpolluted. Uh, how did that go? What's the status there? Well, there have been uh, several cases that we have been involved in that impact the Gallatin River. Uh, most of these are based upon nutrient runoff into the West Fork of the Gallatin River. Uh, in Big Sky, which uh-huh. in turn, of course, runs into the Gallatin River. Uh-huh. You have probably heard that we've uh, we have now experienced five consecutive summers now with algae blooms in the Gallatin River. This this summer being the fifth um, of that litigation that we brought, we did manage to settle one, uh, and we're in the process of finalizing that now. Um, we had a mediation with the defendants on August 2nd of this month, and um, I think it went well. But of course, you don't always get what you want, but it, uh, it is a give and take. But I think we 
got what we needed to make some some improvements. I see. Um, and I, I, I would, you may have also heard that um, the Upper, Upper Missouri River or Waterkeeper's Office filed a petition with the Montana Department of Environmental Quality to have the Gallatin River designated as water quality impaired. Mm-hmm. Um, DEQ is accepting public comments on that right now. Uh, GWA did provide comments. Um, if it is so designated, then DEQ will have to develop TMDLs, um, which stands for the total maximum daily load for each contaminant. Mm-hmm. And nutrients should be included in that designation. And so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, that um, that that is, but we still have a couple other uh, litigative cases that are ongoing, and uh, we're, we're trying to bring these to the close as soon as possible. Really. Yeah. So then, uh, the uh, the forest plan from the Custer Gallatin Forest Service uh, got issued, uh, and I. I gather that uh, you were fairly disappointed in the result there. So what were the inadequacies? Uh, There were many. Um, Of course, being a wildlife advocacy organization, we focus on wildlife. Mm -hmm. Our our first big disappointment was over the listing of species, a conservation concern. There are only four species now that the regional forester has determined to be representative of that designation on the Custer Gallatin National Forest. We believe that is no way an indicator of the health of the species on the forest. We've been trying to get the regional forester to include other species such as bison, moose, bighorn sheep, and wolverine to be considered as well. But that has been like an immovable object um, that that's a huge source of um, disappointment. Another one is um, is the decisions that were made that affect the habitat of grizzly bears. Uh, some decisions were made within within that affect the primary conservation area of the grizzly bear and um, uh, we 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 just think that uh, or maybe we're naive, but we thought that the, those lands within the uh, those that PCA, the primary conservation area, should be um, the source of some protection. Uh, but it uh, seems like some land use decisions were made that basically. Uh, Denigrate some of that protection. So that's that's one another disappointment. Another one is to do with uh, land use designations around in proximity to key linkage areas for wildlife. Mm-hmm. Those are special areas that are designated for good reason uh, on the north and south side of I ninety, just east of Bozeman. Uh, we applaud the designation of key linkage areas, but in order for wildlife to get to those land use designations, they have to overcome an obstacle course, obstacle course, or so it seems, 
And that's really disappointing. Uh, some of those areas next to, next to the key linkage areas allow uh, for more logging and even some mechanized vehicles in proximity to those pinch points. Uh, and finally, um, we have the wilderness uh, designation, which we're really disappointed in. Um, they basically took the uh, the existing highlight porcupine buffalo horn WSA wilderness study area. They reduced the size of that by nearly 50%. Mm. Um, and by doing that, that's where we get into the opening up some of these lands for other uses uh, that we believe are in conflict with grizzly bear management. And they also lessen protections for other species like wolverine, etc. cetera. Uh, basically, the, uh, we think the, the, uh, the revised forest plan um, has, has given too much away to recreationists and not enough concern shown for wildlife. And um, that's those are the the big concerns we have uh, so the forest, over that issue. The forest plan does not actually change anything. It's just it's essentially a recommendation for for future implementation. Is that right? Um, well, it, it it can it will change things once it gets fully implemented. Um, How does it get example, implemented? What's that? How does it get implemented? Well, for example, uh, changes on the um, the wilderness study areas, that's still got to be done by Congress. Right. Congress will have to approve that, and that has not been done yet. Um, I understand that there's could be some movement afoot by um, some people here within Bozeman that want to start um, putting forth some language in a bill to uh, reduce the size of the current wilderness study area. Uh, if and when that happens, we will fight that. Um, but it still has to be approved by Congress and signed by the president. Um, so that's uh, in the, a lot of the land use designations uh, yeah, the, that could be done pretty much at any time because that's up to the uh, forest supervisor. They have basically, um, uh, you know, a lot of, if you take things to court all the time, they'll say that the Forest Service basically, they will defer to the uh, advice of the Forest Service. So you, if you're going to fight these things, you got to do it based upon uh legal grounds and strong scientific um, uh, opinion. So have you, is there any effort to, uh, to approach Congress and get it to, uh, to strengthen the, the designation for wilderness area or for uh, 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 protection of, uh, of certain species? No, we're basically, um, well, I guess we were trying to do that maybe in a, in a different route. Uh, the, there's a lot of, of organizations, uh, a lot of a political 
uh, I'll call it political BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, um, they're trying to take away uh, the rights of wildlife rather than improve them. And so we're kind of on defense here as far as, um, you know, there's, they're trying to get the, the grizzly bear delisted. Some uh, groups are still trying to do that. Um, the wolf is uh, still delisted here in the Northern Rockies. And uh, we're trying to get that relisted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're trying to get the wolverine uh to be considered as uh, at least a threatened species um, on the ESA. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, um, so there's nothing that has changed yet. Um, a lot of these decisions by the Forest Service, like I say, are at the discretion of the Forest Service. And so you, just because you don't like their uh, policy doesn't mean that you can take them to court or whatever. You have to have a good rationale for doing so. Do you have any allies? In, do you have any allies yeah. in Congress who uh, will go to bat for you? Uh, to be honest, uh, things are so screwed up in Congress right now that uh. trying to focus on things like this. Um, uh, we we wouldn't be able to capture their attention, um, let alone pass anything. I see. Um, that's that's just kind of the sign of the times. Yeah. Well, maybe that'll change after after November. We'll have to see how that turns out. Yeah, we're we're for example, we're um, we're looking at trying to, uh, you know, the, there's a wilderness bill out there called NREPA, the Northern Rocky. Right. Uh, the, we're trying to, back, yeah. That's been on the books for many, many years. Yeah. And um, we, there's some thinking that maybe we'd have a better chance of passing that after the election of 2024. Uh-huh. Um, time will tell, I guess. Yeah. I've heard of a proposal to create an expanded national park for the for the northern rockies uh that would be something that uh, i'd like to see worked on so uh yeah i think you're talking about um, i've seen a few writings by people that are proposing an expanded yellowstone national park is that what you're referring to uh that's part of it uh yeah i guess that is what I'm referring to. Yeah, that that's out there in the ether. Um, but uh, as of now, there's been no serious advancements to propose uh-huh. anything like that in writing that I know of, you know, such as proposed boundaries or whatever. Right. GWA uh, would most likely be for that, but of course we have to read it and we're a long way from that. Right. But... Uh, uh, we as an organization are not actively working on it at the present time because right now it's just talk. And um, I, I personally think there would be a lot of opposition uh, against that idea, uh-huh. mostly by the state's congressional right, representation. Right. Um, most likely the governor would be against it. Right. And um, I would think uh Probably the Forest Service would be against it because then you're taking 
a lot of land away from their management and and placing it in a preservation status, which is not the way it's being managed now. Right. I'd like to and so. I'd like to ask you about wildlife highway crossings. You're involved with Montanans for safe wildlife passages. Uh, how's that going? Is there any progress there? Um, there's been no active progress. There's been some progress, but there's, as far as the beginnings of um, uh, a specific project, uh, there has been none that I am aware of. Um, of course, we have had the um, um, federal funding. Uh, the infrastructure, the infrastructure bill. bill. Right. Yeah, the infrastructure bill, yeah. There, there is money in there for that. There's like $350 million for that across the country. Uh-huh. Right. And that money is, uh, is supposed to be shared by all 50 states over a period of five years. Uh-huh. Um, so we are working on um, trying to gain, basically, edu- we're trying to educate the public uh-huh. in the need for wildlife crossings. In fact, um, uh, in regard to that issue, GWA has paid for the installment of a billboard on I-90 west of Belgrade. Uh-huh. And on that sign is the wording that wildlife needs an overpass. Yeah. Um, oh, good. It's our way of beginning to promote the idea to the public that right. there needs to be public outcry. If wildlife crossings are they're going to maintain their mobility, we need to have a solution for them to uh, cross some of these impediments that uh, we have constructed mm-hmm. over time. So uh, you suggest I ask you about the sensitive land study. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, that is a, a project that has not been given um, too much, has not gotten too much attention yet, um, even here locally. Mm-hmm. But it is a study that... Um, is in cooperation with the city of Bozeman and Gallatin County. And there's about 10 other stakeholders in the group that have come together to basically inventory sensitive lands and valuable lands for wildlife, uh, green space, referring corridors, and wildlife habitats such as wintering grounds for elk, etc. We just uh, hired a contractor that is going to do the bulk of the work, and thus the stakeholders will be having a say in the final product. The whole purpose of this is to try to protect wildlife habitat and open lands. Um, As you, I know it's been a few years since you moved away from Bozeman, but uh, you probably heard that Bozeman has just gone bonkers with growth. Yeah, and every time you turn around, there's a new uh, development somewhere. Yeah, and uh, a lot of that development is uh, taking over wildlife habitat eventually, and we're trying to and uh, we're trying to prevent some of that. We're trying to prevent the loss because all that is doing is creating um, a loss of habitat and habitat fragmentation, which will have a disastrous effect 
and wildlife's ability to exist right. here along the the Gallatin front. And um, so that's I've been I have written letters, uh, guest opinions to the paper about that a couple of times now, and um, finally the idea is catching on that we need to to do something uh, to preserve the quality of life that we have in and around Bozeman when it comes to our our uh, wildlife resources as well as our forest resources. There's uh, we're, we're losing it quickly. And uh, so this program is an effort to try to protect what we can of that. Who's, carry, who's running the program, the Sensitive Land Study? Well, like I said, the city and county, we're, all the stakeholders are basically uh, coming together and with the same purpose in mind. They, they did hire a contractor to do the bulk of the work, a lot of GIS work and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they will receive feedback from us as stakeholders, but eventually they'll also get feedback from the public as a whole yeah. over the best way to uh, proceed forward. Right now they're just trying to, like say, inventory some of these places that are valuable for wildlife mm -hmm. and then hope they can um, manage to what growth that they can um, because Every time you turn around, it seems like a new development is popping up, and it also seems like that uh, city and county government is allowing them to do it. Uh, it's hard to turn down uh, progress, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but uh, we have to do this right, and that's that's the sole purpose of this land study. We're almost out of time, but uh, I just want to ask you, has anything changed in regard to the big bighorn sheep issue that we dealt with so strenuously a few years ago? Uh, not really. Uh, bighorn sheep, like as, as you remember probably, one of our concerns at that time is um, – Disease from domestic sheep grazing. Right. Um, Transmission that is of disease. Still, what's that? Transmission of disease. Right. Uh, that is still a uh, a concern, but huh? uh, it has not. Nothing much has changed in that front. Uh, we, uh, however, our um, objections to the Greenhorn Mountain. Timber project, uh, vegetative project, uh, that has a bighorn sheep element in there because that was one of our concerns at that time. If that project would go forward, uh -huh. that uh, they would do some, perhaps some uh, burning whatever to improve some habitat for bighorn sheep. Um, that is still a goal of ours that that would happen, but it's not guaranteed. Um, that That's one of our objections in the plan is that we want to make sure that uh, the effort spent will be done for that purpose. Um, but uh, in the, as, as far as bighorn sheep, we're also concerned. That's why we wanted to include bighorn sheep 
as a species of conservation concern. And of course, nothing has happened on that yet. Yeah. We spent quite a bit of, not me myself so much, but others, if you remember, have spent quite a bit of time talking to the regional forester over that issue. We've got nowhere. And um, so we're still pushing for that as to be included as species of conservation concern. Uh, that has not been played out yet, so we're not giving up. But, um, yeah, some, sometimes progress is slow <laughs> and um, frustrating. Right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, I wish you well on that. Uh, I'd like to see that come to fruition. But anyway, uh, thanks very much, Clint. It's been great to talk to you again, and uh, we'll we'll just keep in touch and and keep on track and hope we can make some progress. So thank you again. Our guest today has been uh, Clint Nagel. He's uh, the president of the Gallatin Wildlife Association in Bozeman, Montana. This has been Wilderness and Wildlife, a presentation of the Gallatin Wildlife Association. And to hear more of these half-hour interviews, go online to js-wilderness.com and see additional features of our website. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Jay Shell.